Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Today we are going to be reviewing the India vs. England test series. England won the test series 4-1, but as both captains would agree, the series seemed a lot more closer than the end result shows. But we have to remember that results are what define a team and if India want to be the best in the world, they have to start winning series abroad as well. It is definitely safe to say that we have made a lot of improvements from our last series in England in 2014 when we lost 3-1. But apart from that single victory, we were completely outplayed in all the rest of the matches. Whereas in this series, barring at large, India fought very well for major portions of the test. But as Virat Kohli rightly mentioned, it was in crucial moments that India were not able to step up and take the initiative. We're going to review both the batting and bowling performances as well as some of the selection mistakes, if you may call so, that have hampered India during this series. To begin with, the very first test match started with uh, a very interesting selection that of KL Rahul or Pujara. Well, Rahul's talents are not to be doubted. Not starting with Pujara, I think, was a mistake that India made at Birmingham. And that probably cost us the match. India would have also preferred to go in with a few more tour games because lack of practice showed, especially for the batsmen, but more so for the bowlers, because in the first innings, as well as in the second innings, India wasted chances with the new ball. They did not get the line right or the lens. And those small 30 or 40 runs make a huge difference in a low-scoring game because England only won by 31 runs. India have to be careful that they start series well. They cannot take time to adjust anymore because that time they're taking to adjust both in South Africa and in England is costing them test matches as well as series. The second test, although India were completely outplayed, the toss played a big role in the end result. And I think it's fair to say it, it could have gone either way if India had won the toss. So it keeps going back to our first test at Birmingham where we had a good chance in the fourth innings to chase a sub-200 total and we just faltered. Given the batting lineup that we had with Rahul at three, Dhawan and Vijay to open, Kohli and Rahane, and Pandya following him, India should have chased that down. And I think that is where we set the tone for the series and kind of fell behind the ball game. The last game was unfortunate in that the toss played a big role, but it still didn't help that our batsmen failed to adapt and show some kind of resilience barring Kohli, of course. It was really in the third test that you could see 
both the batsmen and the bowlers coming together on their own and putting up a complete team performance. It was also no coincidence that it was in the third test that India played their best 11. Both in the first and second test, India made a few selection mistakes as discussed before. In the first test, Pujara should have definitely played ahead of Rahul at number three. And in the second test, India went in with Kuldeep on a seeming pitch where they could have used that additional seamer. It could have been Umesh Yadav or maybe even Shardul Thakur who, who swings a little bit. And that hampered them because Kuldeep in his first test was ineffective and also you could put the blame on Kohli or you could put it on his young nerves but he seemed very nervous and just to begin with in his very first spell to have so many fielders around him and to expect him to take wickets I think was a little too much. They should have eased him in, have him bowl a few overs before setting that kind of a field to him in the second test. The third test was a perfect display all round, batting, bowling, everything came around, especially the openers. Dawan and Rahul showed a lot of technical adjustment in waiting for the ball and playing late. Mistakes they had done earlier in the test series that cost them a few matches. So the third test gave a lot of confidence both to the team as well as to people back home that there was a chance India could fight back in this series. And so it was with a lot of interest that people thought the fourth test was going to be really a close fought one. And once again, India went in with their best team. Should Pandya have played or not? I think in hindsight, maybe he shouldn't have, but given that he took a fifer in the second test, it would have been difficult to leave him out of the fourth test. But again, he was underutilized in the fourth test and in hindsight, we can say a lot of things, but maybe Jadeja in the fourth test could have helped us. But once again, it's the batting that keeps letting India down. After having them dismissed for 246 and thanks to Pujara's brave knock getting a lead. We had a decent target to chase of 245, slightly more than what we had in the first test, but given a batting lineup and the technical adjustments they had already made, you would expect them to run a little more closer than get all out for 184. One repeated thing that kept happening through the series was Sam Curran and his lower order resilience. Once again, after the first test, England were 86 for 6 and then we let them get away to 246. Indian bowlers bowled really well through the series, but I think there's still some areas of improvement for them to become even better. As discussed before, in the first test as well as in the second test, they did not use the new ball as well as they should have. They took some time to get their line and lens right, and that's something they cannot afford to do. And then this issue with the tail, of not being able to clean up the tail, I think is going to 
really hamper us even in future series because even when you go to Australia later in the year they're going to have some decent batsmen in Stark and Leon and Mitchell Marsh low down the order who can hurt you if you don't pick their wickets early Pujara hitting a century was uh, a good sign after his 50 in the third test and it, it although he had lost the series it bode well for the fifth test that we now had another player apart from Kohli who seemed in form and would contribute but unfortunately the fifth test while well, the first innings looked close it was mostly thanks to Vihari and Jadeja that they came that close because once again the top order went to a start with Rahul and Pujara getting into the 30s but they just could not capitalize on it Kohli uncharacteristically got out before his 50 mark and Rahani's strain series continued coming back to the selection of this test there were two changes one the fourth change with Jadeja coming in for Ashwin but Vihari the extra batsman preferred over Pandya I think in bowling friendly conditions India can do with four bowlers but it will be tougher in Australia where they're going to be drop index and much flatter pitches so India might want to have that extra cushion whether that cushion comes in the form of Jadeja or Pandya is going to be a tough question and that's something the selectors have to think hard and get their answer because they won't find that answer in the next test series against West Indies the third innings I think where England just went after our Indian bowlers was a clear case of the team uh, finally dropping their spirits but given how 2011 and 14 panned out I'm glad that this happened only in the fifth test of the series and not much sooner it was always going to be tough both batting time as well as trying to chase 464 on the fifth day but both Rahul and Pant showed a lot of character and attitude in playing the natural game the big question though is what hampered Rahul from not playing his natural game through the first four tests as well as Pant because Pant started off with a six and it felt like he would play his natural game but for some reason he went into a defensive shell to the next few tests was it suggested by the batting coach or did he feel that was the way to go about in english conditions but it, both these are young batsmen i think they will serve as well in the future looking at each batsman individually i think at least career Murli Vijay's career might have come to an end he was really our main batting hope this series given that he played the most deliveries the last time India played in England so his lack of form or his disintegration is a surprise but I think it's time we moved on from him and rightly so he was dropped after the two tests and Rahul was promoted to open that one is an interesting scenario because it, it was expected that he would 
not have the most sound technical defensive technique, but his aggressive intent we had hoped would bring about at least a few attacking innings where he could play the role of a game changer, but that didn't happen. So the big question now is, do we persist with that one or go and look for someone younger? Prithvi Shah is there, Mayanka Garwal is there, but as Sanjay Manjurekar, I think, rightly pointed out, we have a lot of options. The question is, would these players play well in India and struggle abroad, or are these players who are going to have a sound technique that they can also take abroad? And the answer to that question, I think, is what should be on the selector's mind when they select the team for the Test Series against West Indies. Whether it's Mayank or whether it's Prithvi, who has a better chance of succeeding in Australia, I think, is the one who's, who needs to open with Rahul and West against the West Indies. I think Rahul, based on his century in the last innings, has secured his place, but he would want to look back and think he should have contributed a lot more in this series. Maybe attacking as he did in the last innings is the way for him to go forward but do it a little smartly. But he definitely has the talent, but I just hope he does not go the Rohit Sharma way where he plays this amazing innings once in a while and fades away in the rest of the time because India cannot afford people who do that anymore. And at this point, we seem to have too many of them in the team who play fantastic innings that are pleasing to the eye but they only do it very, very occasionally. Pujara didn't start the test series, and you could argue both sides about it because he had a disastrous county season. But he's an experienced player, he's your established number three, and he should have definitely started, in my opinion. The second innings, he had an unfortunate run out. And then he played a very uncharacteristic pull shot. It goes back to the intent discussion that Kohli keeps talking about. And if that is hampering someone like Pujara, and if he feels the need to be aggressive because of the style of play the team is focusing on. But it was good to see him get this. 70-odd in the second innings and then the century in the third test that, sorry, century in the fourth test that set up the test beautifully. But he also has to focus a little more on his consistency. I think his strike rate to me is fine. Yes, he is slow a little bit, but if you have players like Rahul, Kohli and Punt, it is okay if one of them is slow. There are others who are there around you to pick up the scoring rate. And also, how many tests over the last year have gone into the fifth day? Not many. So I think time is not an issue. If he wants to play slow, and though that is his natural approach, it's okay for him to do so. But he still needs to be a little more consistent. This is not his first series in England. This is his second series in England. So he has to find a way for 
aim to be a little more consistent in Australia. Get a few more 50s. Scoring hundreds are great, but they have to be populated in other innings with other meaningful scores. I think Kohli had a fantastic series, and there's not much you can talk about him. Which brings us to Rahane, who has digressed over the last two years. When you look at his batting, it does not look like he has a, any major technical deficiencies. And hopefully it's not any intent or aggressive talk in the dressing room that's hampering him because he was never as slow as Pujara and he, he, he pretty much has a healthy strike rate. So it's really strange that he keeps getting out to soft dismissals, both in South Africa and in England. And I think it's Rahane's form really that has affected us the most in both these series. Whether dropping him in the first test in South Africa has affected him, we don't know. But if it did, I hope he can come back from it and feel confident that his place is now a little more secure. And go into the West Indies and Australia series playing like he usually does. The pitches in Australia are going to suit his batting. So hopefully he comes back to his old self and starts scoring those centuries as well as 50s. Because if Pujara and Rahane do not succeed in Australia, it's going to bring a very, very interesting question of do we persist with them or is it time one of them was dropped? Because these are big names. They came on the back of some huge seasons in domestic cricket with a lot of talent and potential. Well, they have shown glimpses of their potential. They have just not been consistent enough for longer periods of time. And it'll be a tough call and a big call if one of them were to be dropped. But Pujara has been dropped before and he's come back stronger. So I would wait until the end of the Australia series to see if Rahane maybe deserves a longer drop. Bihari, I think, was a bold choice of Karunair, but I think it's his defensive technique that probably got him that spot. And while he looked a little fidgety in the first innings during the end of day's play session, he came back much stronger and looked solid in his 50. I think he, along with Pujara, are going to be your solid batsman around which all the other batsmen can bat around. Which is why I think having Rahul, Bunt, Pandya, Kohli, naturally attacking batsmen is good because it won't hamper the strike rate of the team. And now the big question, Hartik Pandya, what do you do with him? He is a very tempting player to have in the team because of his dual skills, but are his skills at test level yet? I don't think so. His bowling is good in patches, but I don't think he can consistently be your fifth bowler like how Ben Stokes can. He can do a holding role of just giving your main bowlers a rest, but that job can also be done by Jadeja. And Jadeja can also get your wickets. 
his batting, I think, is the major problem. I don't think he's the number six batsman. But given how Young Punt is into his test career, batting him at number six is also going to be a risky preposition. The question won't be an issue in the West Indies series because I think we're going to have Vihari play at six and Punt at seven. But in Australia, if you want to play Punt at six, you are telling him that you're expecting more from him and it might be a little too much on the young man. I don't expect Saha to be fit before then, based on news coming out. If he is, I think it will be a good series for Punt to just be an understudy to Saha and improve his keeping skills. But if Punt is your number six, then I think it's a problem. But at the same time, you cannot play in Australia with just four seamers. Conditions are going to be vastly different. But the issue also is what are India's alternatives? And we don't have many. I think the two seeming all-rounders India have, apart from Pandya, are Vijay Shankar and Stuart Binney. And Vijay Shankar is more of a batsman bowler than a bowler batsman. While Stuart Binney, I think, can give you a little more control over bowling, but his batting is a little hit and miss. So if you were to invest in an all-rounder, I think the player to do so would be Hadeep Pandya. He's shown tremendous attitude. He's shown some progress in batting, but it's a slow progress. And if he works on it, I think he can be a better batsman. His bowling is always going to be a little hit and miss. But as long as he does a holding job, I think, and gives your main bowlers a rest, his role will be fulfilled. And also, I think batting for him in Australia will be a little more easier than in England. So hopefully you see him score a few more runs. And I don't see India changing or dropping him for the series against Australia. Because A, there are no alternatives, and B, we definitely require an all-rounder in that series. The bowlers, I think, have been fantastic. But there are some areas of improvement, especially how they start the series. Both Shami, Umesh and Ishan did not start the series running because they struggled to get the line and length right in the first session, both innings of the first test as well as the second test. And that cost us some valuable runs. And in low-scoring matches, those runs matter. So they have to find a way to find the perfect length without wasting too many deliveries up front. And India also have to be clear on who their new ball pairing is. I think the answer kind of solved itself once Boomra was fit. And you could see with Boomra that he didn't waste time with getting his line and length right. He was on the mark from the very first tour and that is something Ishan has to work on. Whether he wants to go around the wicket, whether he wants to go over the wicket, whether he wants to go a little back of length or good length. He needs to get that clear very quickly. I think Ashwin was brilliant in the first test. 
but as the series progressed, I think his fitness and injury caused him to be not at 100%. So again, you go back to the selection issues. Should he have played in the fourth test or should Chadeja have played in the fourth test ahead of him? There are too many selection mistakes happening that are affecting the team balance as well as costing a series. I think once in a while you can afford to make a selection mistake. It happens. Everyone can do it. But if it's happened so consistently, it's time people looked at it and introspected and see how to fix it. Because in a test series, you have to have your best level on the park. And then whether you win or lose, it's up to them. But you cannot go in there not having your best level on the park because you're already going in with one hand tied. And that's not good for the team. We made selection mistakes in South Africa. We didn't start with Rahane. We made selection mistakes here. We didn't start with Pujara. We played Kuldeep in the second test. We played Ashwin when he was not 100% fit. I hope they don't make those mistakes in Australia. I hope we put the best 11 for the first test in Australia. And our bowlers start well. I think batting is going to be a little more easier. Players like Rahul, Rahane, Pandya and Pont can play the strokes naturally on Australia. And that will help them. So, the question would be how our bowlers perform against their batsmen on not so helpful conditions. And that will define the series down under. Lastly, I think Jareja in the final test brought in an interesting option of a spinning all-rounder. Overseas, you may not require two spinners, but given his batting in this test, it might not that be that bad an option to have him as the all-rounder who can do a holding role with the ball and bat at number seven. But again, his batting has shown a lot of promise over the years, but not consistently. But I believe if you give him the confidence and tell him that we expect more from you, he will deliver. This brings us to the end of this week's podcast.